Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, January 17th, 2020. And today I will be talking about the crash, or more accurately, the shooting down of Ukrainian International Airlines Flight 752. The flight took off from Tehran's Imam Khomeini International Airport and just about five minutes later. The Boeing 737-800 exploded in flight. No one argues about that. But what caused the explosion and the crash? People do argue about that. Initially, the Iranian government claimed the crash was an accident due to engine failure. So the first reaction of the Iranian regime was to lie about it. I suppose the lie was to avoid international criticism, but also perhaps because that's just what governments do. They lie about things. The minute I heard about it, I was certain of the cause. The Iranians shot it down by mistake and as an overreaction to fears of an American attack. By week's end, the regime admitted that the airliner was shot down by an Iranian air defense missile, mistakenly fired, they said, due to, quote, American adventurism. The aircraft contained... 82 Iranians, 63 Canadians, 11 Ukrainians, 10 Swedes, 4 Afghans, 3 British, and 3 Germans. There were no survivors. Just a few hours before the crash, the Iranians had launched missile attacks from that same area near the crash site. Two bases containing U.S. troops in Iraq intelligence reports indicated that about 25% of those missiles fail to ignite or misfired in some other way, usually. These types of attacks, entire missiles are located when they fail to reach the target and fail to explode. That is what happened in the attack on the Saudi Arabian oil fields early last year. That tells us that the hype about Iranian missile technology may be a little bit exaggerated. According to media speculation, growing pressure from Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and from President Donald Trump, forced the Iranians to admit they shot the aircraft down. Whether that was the reason or not, they did admit it fairly quickly. Furthermore, they admitted to originally lying about the cause, and they apologized for that. So what really happened here? I mean, why the Iranian government would shoot down a defenseless airliner that was no threat to anyone? Who knows? Speculation and guesswork are the only things we have, but I can think of a few possible reasons. The most plausible is the answer the regime gave, and that is it was a mistake due to a heightened alert status because of an expected American attack. That answer seems plausible to me. It makes logical sense. The Iranian armed forces had fired several missiles at American forces in Iraq, so they were obviously... On high alert, they were quite forthright in their admission and their apology, which is unusual. Unexpected. How could such a mistake happen? Well, that's an easy one to answer. Untrained, inexperienced launch officer or missile troops could have panicked when he saw the airplane on his tracking radar. It could have been a mistake in command, which released the weapons to fire without proper confirmation. Remember a few years ago, when the United States guided missile destroyer Vincennes accidentally shot down an Iranian airliner with 277 people on board. When tensions are high, threats are going back and forth, you create a perfect environment for a fatal mistake. 
Another possible answer is that the Iranians deliberately targeted someone or some group of people on the airline or simply used the American dispute as cover. Perhaps there were several Canadians that they thought were espionage agents or spying on their nuclear program in some way. That possibility seems rather remote to me. It doesn't make as much sense as the simple mistake theory. The final explanation didn't surface until yesterday. That's At least that's when I first heard of it. And that version is that an American cyber attack caused the Iranian computers to lock on track and kill the airliner and everyone on board. In any event, it's been a tough couple of weeks for the Iranians. They exchanged bluster, then attacks with the Americans. Part of the bluster was the Ayatollah telling Donald Trump, quote, there is not a damn thing you can do, end quote. The Ayatollah learned an important lesson, and that is that Hellfire missiles carried on whisper-silent drones are up there. They're watching. Anyone they want to watch, anyone they want to see. Such a missile killed top Iranian General Soleimani at the Baghdad airport, along with an important Iraqi. That attack led to a series of retaliatory strikes and then what appeared to be a ceasefire or a stand-down agreement, but further attacks, further threats led to a build-up and a show of force in the Gulf region by the Americans and the British, dozens of B-52 bombers, B-1, B-2 bombers, along with the most advanced stealth fighter aircraft were sent to the region of the Persian Gulf. The Mediterranean were filled with warships to the extent that some were apparently so close to colliding. Russians tried to intimidate American captains by narrowly missing their ships, politicians in America, especially Democrats. We're screaming World War III is here at the top of their lungs. Nancy Pelosi even persuaded the House to pass a toothless, non-binding resolution restricting the president's ability to attack Iran. None of them seem to understand his authority to make war on his own decision is already restricted by the U.S. Constitution. Meanwhile, in Tehran, other Iranian cities, tens of thousands of people were in the streets risking their lives by screaming, no, not death to America, but, quote, death to the dictator, death to liars. Khomeini is a murderer, the national unity that appeared in Iran briefly after the killing of General Qasim Soleimani disappeared as fast as it arrived. Police, uniformed and plainclothed, as well as Iranian military, deployed in force to curtail the protest. They even arrested the British ambassador to Iran, Rob McCare charged him as, quote, an unknown foreigner in an illegal gathering. Once his identity and status were confirmed, they let him go, but it is not a very safe time for non-Iranians to be out in the streets of Tehran. The bad news got even worse, however, because at General Soleimani's funeral, at least 56 attendees were trampled to death, more than 200 injured. So it's been a bad couple of weeks for the Iranians, they're on a losing streak, folks. Even before that, about a month ago, some 1,500 protesters were killed and many more arrested. So they've been under continuous pressure for quite some time. The severe economic sanctions imposed by the Trump administration have left the regime with problems even supplying their own population with enough food. 
enough medicine to get by Middle East Eye, which reports on Iranians as saying, quote, God has turned his back on us. I don't know why no positive thing ever occurs in Iran. We're frustrated, they say, by all the bad news we are hearing. Some people were quoted as saying, we're fed up with living under sanctions, angered by the way the government has handled the problems. It's interesting to me that the Iranian people seem to be blaming their own government for the sanctions rather than the government which actually imposed the sanctions. A report done by the website Numbeo, which monitors conditions in Iran, reported a growing dissatisfaction within the country due to economic stress, economic hardship. The average after-tax wage in Iran is $318.53 per month U.S., so a monthly survival budget with basic food items such as white rice, eggs, along with rent and utilities comes to $345.22. So it's easy to see the cause of dissatisfaction. According to official government data, food price inflation was 28% year-on-year at last year's end. Medicine is another problem. As much of it cannot be found in pharmacies, reduced consumption takes a toll on efforts to have a normal family life. According to the Tehran Times, the number of babies born in Iran fell by nearly 25% during between the years 2015 and 2019. That's an unprecedented decline outside of wartime conditions, especially since the number of women of childbearing age actually increased over the same time frame. Iranians cannot sell their only valuable resource, which is oil. On the world market, sanctions imposed and enforced by the U.S. Navy have basically closed off the Persian Gulf to Iranians. Since no money of any consequence is available to the government, the government cannot provide food and medicine distribution, which has led to desperate conditions. Desperate conditions exist in Iran. If you believe the reports coming out from various international agencies, people are starting to rise up and express themselves, even if it means risking their own lives. Another problem the Iranian people face is water resources what the Journal of Asian Affairs called government mismanagement of water. About 97% of the country is currently experiencing drought conditions, one of the worst water conditions existing among industrialized nations. It's forcing the abandonment of outside villages as people move into the cities. Not many nations have been willing to endure this level of deprivation without full war mobilization, I suppose war would be an excuse and a cover-up for the mismanagement, misuse of the nation's resources. The Iranian president, not the supreme leader, but the president, Hassan Rouhani, recently appeared on state-run television to say the U.S. and especially EU troops in the Middle East are in danger. They will be targeted, he said. He used the word insecure to refer to them. I wonder if he's suicidal himself or if he's just willing to risk suicide for the people of his nation. The regime seems to be more unstable with each passing day, apparently. That's the way the U.S. president wants it. Why would the U.S. government want to see an unstable Iran? It's anybody's guess, but I will give you three possible reasons. Number one, the stories and accusations about Iran are true. 
that is the world's terrorist center. General Soleimani needed to be killed because, as American General Petraeus said, quote, he was responsible for providing explosives, projectiles, arms, and other munitions that killed over 600 of our soldiers. That's one possible reason. Number two, an unstable Iran helps Israel, keeps Israel's most hated enemy from regaining strength and keeps it otherwise occupied. Number three, the project for a new American century. The project is a doctrine set out many years ago as a determination to build an American century, an American-headed unipolar world. In order to accomplish that goal, the nations of the Middle East would have to be destabilized. Those not conquered would be kept in a state of chaos. Economic sanctions, other methods would be used to weaken enemies, keep them unstable. Finally, folks, choose one of these three or think of your own. But as for me, I'll take the project for a new American century. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.